1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: Shut up and sit down.
3: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Boa Hunter Chronicles podcast. This podcast kind of crept up on us. This is podcast number 100. And that sounds crazy to say a hundred podcasts. So like two and a half years of doing this. Um, I, I just want to say thank you so much for everybody that follows along and has been, been keeping up and, and, and taking this journey along with us. What a, what a fun time. And uh, that can't, be understated any more than a big thank you to our patreons. Patreons are uh basically what funds the podcast and uh, it doesn't really fund the podcast it basically funds the giveaways uh for for the podcast but uh it's kind of a double-edged sword we try to make the pot the 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 prizes for the quarterly giveaways good enough that they want to come back um and to recruit new people um so this podcast is the first podcast of the second quarter. So the first quarter we gave away the Phantom uh, starter kit, the saddle kit, as well as a uh, subscription to Base Map and Jason uh Master Bow Hunting Course. So we'll be announcing that ep- that that winner uh, the Wednesday after this podcast comes out. So uh, the second Wednesday in April is when we're going to be um, Putting that out, but we've had a whole bunch of new Patreons, and this was the like month of the Tim. So, Tim Connor, Tim Clark, Tim Gray, Virginia, North Carolina, and then Tim Clark, you've heard that name a ton. He's the only person that we've had on the podcast three times um, as a guest. So, um, you know, he's following along with what we're doing. He's one of the tethered guys, and uh, we just can't thank them enough. Uh, John Kurth uh, from Wisconsin and then uh one of the guys from our local Bowman's called Ryan Schultz. So thank you guys so much for for following along and 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 putting your money up and supporting what we're doing here with the show. Um another big thing is 2020, you know, we we did a pretty good job in 2019 of uh, filming our hunts and and putting that out there, but in an effort to be able to fully commit to filming uh for 2020 and that includes Uncle Frank. Uh, We've actually partnered with Tacticam. So um, Tacticam's actually got us a couple cameras, and uh, we're going to be doing filming all of our hunts with uh, Tacticams as well as our other other gear. So John and I will still be running main cameras, but we'll be using Tacticams as as a second angle and having Tacticams on our bows. And this will actually allow us to get some footage of Frank and Ernie. And everybody wants more Uncle Frank. I don't think that there's any... um, there's anybody out there that says, Man, we need less of him. So um, that's pretty awesome. Um, so for this quarter, um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be giving away uh, a Tacticam solo kit as well as the base map um, subscription along with the swag pack from base map as well. And I haven't nailed down exactly which one I'm going to give away, but I'm going to be—we're going to be giving away uh, a pellet grill. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of the Traegers. Um, I just haven't got that completely narrowed down yet. But so, for the second quarter, we're going to be giving away a Traeger to one of our Patreons. So you just have to go to BowhunterChronicles.com uh, and click on the Patreon link, or you can go to Patreon forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles. And uh, it's just like a reoccurring $5 charge. So basically it's a $15 raffle ticket or $5 a month, however you want to look at it. You're directly supporting the show. And I don't know if you've been following along on on Instagram, but our Patrons have been killing it, um, posting up. So every time you sign up for Patreon, every Patreon, I send out a package to them. And uh, most have koozies. And so in this quarantine time, they've just been posting up pictures of their <laughs> beers or whatever they're drinking in the Bowhunter Chronicles uh, po- uh koozies. And it's just been awesome to see that coming across our feed. And we've been trying to reshare those. And um for the Patreons, we also have a, a, a private Facebook group set up. And we did our first uh Zoom chat because everybody's on quarantine and it's kind of like... uh Everybody's kind of looking for something to do. And that was really awesome. We're going to be doing some more of those uh, in the future. And I've got some pretty big ideas as far as uh, getting that uh, kind of going and some, some bigger ideas to bring some other people in. Uh, but the next one we'll have Frank on. So it'll be Frank, John, and I, and then any of the patrons that want to jump on and just uh, hang out and chat and have a beer. Um, with that, you know, with with the base map, you know, you can go and you can use Chronicles and save 20%. So you're getting the full base map uh, nationwide package. Now with all of the hunt data and everything from Peterson's uh, for 24 bucks for the year. And it does everything that any of the other mapping softwares do um, just as well or better. And I mean, it's a fraction of the price and that's pretty awesome. But this week's guest is Matt Tizek with uh, Readywise Food. And he turns out he's also a base map ambassador or pro staff, I guess he is. He's a little bit uh, higher up than an ambassador. And um, so he's given us 20% off of the ReadyWise food with the code base map. And I believe it's a capital B and a capital M 20. So 20%. Percent off, and they've got plenty of inventory, even through all of this coronavirus, everything. So, for any of you guys planning uh, Western hunts or anything this year, these meals are great. They sent us a bunch of them, and uh, we've—I've got a video that I've got to put up. Uh, John actually forgot the microphone, so the audio is kind of crummy. So I'm kind of disappointed about that, but I'll get that uh, uh, that video up. Uh, But this podcast, Matt, is actually a culinary trained chef. And he created some of the recipes for these meals, and it's a real good conversation. It doesn't just talk about the food or just talk about ReadyWise. It talks about kind of the climate of everything going on right now with the coronavirus, the way that people are storing food, hoarding food, um, all that, um, planning a backcountry hunt, planning your food, and getting everything ready to, to go on that hunt. So um, real real great episode and, uh, Matt's a great guy to talk to and all of his information is on there. But if you are, uh, looking to check out some of these things and I'd recommend the chocolate chip cookie bites, if for nothing else, uh, just to throw in your car to have, um, they're amazing. But like I said, you can use that code, um, base map 20, uh get 20% off anything on their website. So uh, that's a, certainly a great deal. I know you guys are going to love this episode. Thanks for sticking around with us for 100 episodes, and uh, here's to the next 100. Uh, we'll definitely be having some beers uh, on the next few podcasts to, to celebrate all of this, uh, like we always do. But if you're not following along with us on Instagram, please uh, check out our Instagram please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're putting up, uh, trying to get a video up every week. Now Uh, I've got John locked down. He's, he's not doing anything. So uh, I got to make him videos here and there and um, check that out. Follow along on Facebook. And if you're one of the Patreons, who's not in our Facebook group, um, you know, request to be in that. It's a Bowhunter Chronicle opportunist. It's only for Patreons. I probably have like five or 10 people a day, try to enter that group and I have to tell them, no, it's just for Patreons. Um, but there's a lot of fun stuff going on over there. So if you're, if you are a Patreon and you're not in the group, definitely check it out. Um, and if you're not, no big deal. Just please, if you're listening, tell somebody else about the podcast, you know, share it with somebody, show them your favorite episode, show them the episode where uncle Frank throws a beagle into the trash compactor. Uh, the beagle was dead, but yeah, uh, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and find that out. Uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the episode.
2: Hey,
3: everybody, Adam and John, back with another episode of the Bull Hunter Chronicles podcast. We got Uncle Frank sitting here. Um, we're actually doing the first podcast from the new studio, so uh, when the video goes up, it looks a little sparse, but um, it's been hectic around here uh, the last... <laughs> couple days, couple minutes, couple, couple hours. Um, but, uh, today, um, it, we're, we're going to actually be talking about something that is rather timely. Um, you know, we're talking about, uh, it was going to be as we're headed out elk hunting, um, with backpacking nutrition, um, uh, you know, the, the freeze dried backpacking meals. Uh, but given the climate of the, the world today, um, these things are becoming, a a hot ticket item, um kind of a one of those essential um uh, items here where we'll get into that. So uh we're talking with uh Matt from ReadyWise. Um uh, one of uh our past guests, Joe, a good friend of mine, he says, Hey, you know, my neighbor is involved with this uh company and big into the industry. You should give him a call. And that's just snowballed into you know, a, a, a ton of different things and conversations with Matt. So uh, we really thank you for being on with us today, Matt. How, how are things out in Colorado?
4: Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate uh, having me and being able to talk about this stuff uh, since it is so timely. So that's uh, great, great timing on your part. Um, things are good here in Colorado. Uh, we have some cases. So I'm in western Colorado right now. And we have some cases of the coronavirus here, but um, not too many. Most of them are uh, up valley, so more like actually in the mountain towns um, like Vail, Eagle, um, Aspen, um, Silverthorn, some of those areas. And then obviously, Denver has quite a few uh, cases of the coronavirus, but um, nothing too major out here. But, you know, still practicing the the, uh, safe distance thing and, um, you know, continue to, to be kind of quarantined at home just to be on the safe side. And, and, um, I definitely have a garage loaded up with, uh, all kinds of, um, products. So I think, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think our family, not just my, our immediate family, but family around, you know, uh, if they needed anything, this is probably the this is probably the central hub for food. So <laughs> things, things are, things are looking good here.
3: Yeah. John walked in today with nitrile gloves on and, uh, Lysol wipes and he's spraying everything down and wiping down everything. And That's awesome. It's, uh, you know, he's, he's measuring our, the new studio to make sure we're six feet apart and you
2: know it's just, yeah, it's just pretty wild. It's,
4: it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I mean, um, you know, I, I think there is a little bit of extreme tendencies happening, you know, and I, I think some of it has to do with the, the media. I think they've, you know, over publicized it a little bit and and stretched it some. Um, so you have some cities that are, you know, kind of in this panic mode and obviously this whole toilet paper thing is just <laughs> insane. I mean, between that and the hand sanitizer is kind of insane, but, um, You know, but then there's other other states that I have friends in that I keep in uh, close contact with, like Idaho and Montana. And it's like, hey, we've got plenty of stuff in our stores, so I don't know what's going on in some of these other states. But so I I don't know. It's just it's interesting, you know, to see the differences and hear the differences in the different states that are, you know, either have a few cases or a lot of cases that people are just not as maybe overreactionary, possibly. Yeah, I mean, so, like, um, but
3: I, I think about, like, when we were in Idaho, and, like, I mean, those people plan for blizzards and rock slides and, you know, where they have to go to a rock slide and climb up it to get the mail handed over the thing, and that's a part of their yeah. everyday, you know, a, a yearly occurrence. So I don't think that yeah. too much stirs them up where, right. you know, the, the social media is going to get to them. Right. It's um, not like no. the city
5: folk that are.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. in in yesterday, you know, my wife and I went to Sam's here in, in town in Muskegon, and there's absolutely the the bulk toilet paper and the in the paper towels are it's gone. <laughs> Everything <laughs> the case wise is gone.
5: I was in Lowe's yeah. today, and I'm getting some you know wood for one of the projects I'm not working on, and they actually had toilet paper. By the skids down the middle aisle like and i know menard sells groceries and stuff like that but lowe's does not sell toilet paper they might have some cleaning supplies usually but they literally had full skids stacked down the center aisle of the store so
4: that's crazy (laughs) Yeah,
5: but
2: Hmm.
5: i did not buy any though (laughs) so (laughs) all right
3: (laughs) so, so let's get a little bit of background on you matt as far as um sure um because it, it's a really interesting story and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you specifically. Um, because my background with like backpacking and freeze dried meals is that they're, um, like a stop gap, you know, so it's something that you have to eat and you just find the best one possible. And then with yeah. my history being, you know, from the military and eating MREs is, you know, they're, they're not great. So you pick through them and you figure out what you will eat and what is, isn't necessary. And, um, you know, you just kind of make do. Um, yeah. but let's get a little bit of a uh, history on you and, um, you know, uh, your background both personally and then into the industry and then, uh, the history with the company itself.
4: Yeah. So, um, you know, if- as far as the hunting industry side, I've been in the hunting industry community now for about 15 plus years. Uh, you know, various pro staff positions, um, currently with, uh, first light and base map. Um, so those are two of the biggest, uh, brands that, you know, I'm out there as pro staff ambassador representing. Um, and then, uh, most recently quiet cat, uh, e bikes. So that's, that was a, a huge um, opportunity for me also because it's a Colorado manufactured and owned company. Uh, so that made a cool um, partnership. You know, me being a Colorado resident, obviously local. I grew up here in Colorado. So, um, so that was a cool partnership for me and for Quiet Cat. Uh, but in the kind of the culinary, Cooking, food industry side. I, I've actually been in the um, food industry now for 27 years. Um, various various brands. I sold Mexican food as you know, one of the sales guys. Um, some different snack companies over the years. Uh, owned my own peanut line um, called Ricky's Lucky Nuts, and ended up <laughs> selling <laughs> and selling 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 peanut, you know, flavored peanuts. Um, we created flavored peanuts and was messing around in the kitchen and, and, uh, came up with some cool flavors. And so we packaged them and started selling them all across the country to, to grocery stores, you know, and, um, then I sold some bath and beauty care products for a while. And, and, um, this opportunity with Weiss company came, um, about little more than a year ago. Uh, You know, they ended up getting some new investors and a new CEO. And uh, so this opportunity was a a great opportunity for me to kind of fit right into, you know, my passion for the outdoors and hunting and hiking and backpacking and camping. And um, at that time, they, you know, their primary business is emergency and survival Um, but they had just launched a camping line of the adventure meals. And so, um, then they launched a snack line of, of freeze dried fruit skews. And so it just, it, it made sense for me, right? I mean, cause my passion is, you know, my passion is being in the outdoors. I have a culinary degree as a, as a chef. So, I mean, it just made this perfect full circle, um, turn for me that, you know, to, of incorporate all of my passions together and um, so we started working on different recipes uh, with um, well basically all the new flavors that you guys got we have the 13 skews of the adventure meals and um, new recipes that we just launched uh, late last uh, year in uh, October of 2019 um, so we could have for spring camping summer season uh, for 2020 and so far it's just i mean we're killing it i mean it's it's doing great um and it's been fun too because now i'm doing you know different very different different things with not just the grocery stores and sporting goods stores like sierra trading post and cabela's and bass pro and you know all all of these different um outdoor uh retailers but you know, we've been um, able to partner up with Base Map and obviously partner with you guys, and so it's been um, great to just see different directions with the adventure meals take off for us.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you know, having a a freeze dried food company in the corona apocalypse isn't a bad thing. You know, you say business is really <laughs> right. taking off, but yeah, my yeah. goodness, and you know, so I had reached out to you, uh, you know, through Joe and. You said, oh, yeah, well, I'll just take care of your, your food for your guys' elk trip. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting because I'd be curious to see, like, what shows up. And I came home one day, and there was a stack of boxes as tall as I was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then, you know, right. I, go, I go through it. And then we're trying to figure out, like, you know, you can't sit down and eat all of these at once, you know. So we did a video a, a few days ago. um testing these out and we just picked four, the four of us sat down and said, okay, which one do you want to try? Which one do you want to try? And then we just did a, you know, we tried all of them um, together, but I can tell you what, it, it makes you feel like you said pretty good when you walk out the door to go to work and you walk past, you know, seven cases of freeze dried meals. Everybody's <laughs> frantically worrying You're about right. toilet paper. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going, that, yeah. That's no yeah. problem.
4: Well, and, and I think that the, the you know, having that in your garage and, and knowing you have it as a backup for your hunting trips. I mean, not every single guy out there is doing the backcountry hunt, right? I mean, it's it's pretty much at this point that's a small group, I mean, all across the country and the majority of the guys that are doing it, you know, they're 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 in the west, you know, let's say west of west of Texas. I mean, that's where most of the backcountry hunting is. Or you've got the guys that like you guys coming out to Colorado this year um, for your archery elk hunt and, you know, other guys in the in the east, um, you know, they're buying up this stuff because they want to go on their first ever, you know, backcountry backpacking, you know, for five, 10 days or whatever. And and so it's it's great for me because, you know, as a chef, I mean, I've tried all the other Freeze dried, dehydrated um, products out there, and you know, and for me, and and I'm not the only one because I get this all the time from um, various contacts in the industry. But they, you know, they're like, dude, I can't eat, I can't eat dehydrated food for more than maybe a couple days if I'm lucky. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you know, I mean, look at the seventeen thousand different ingredients that's on the back of the product, you know, and and. Unfortunately, to make it dehydrated with some of the products, that's the way it kind of has to be, you know, because it has a a seven to 10 to even 20 year shelf life, depending on the products that you're talking about. Right. So the the one cool thing about the ReadyWise Adventure Meals is it, it is lower sodium, you know, and that's the that's the biggest thing. I mean, we talked about this. A couple weeks ago, when, you know, we started talking and having conversations, that the hydration piece is, is major. I mean, if you're eating some kind of a backpacking, um, backcountry meal that has, you know, a, a thousand grams of sodium or, you know, whatever it might be, or, you know, seven, eight hundred grams of sodium, I mean, you're having to pound a bunch of water. Otherwise, you're just going to retain all that sodium. And so, um, again, the cool thing is with the ready wise meals are <clears throat> anywhere from like 35 to 50% lower sodium than the other, uh, dehydrated freeze dried meals that are out there on the market today. So,
3: you know, we talked about this, um, uh, but it's been like two years now uh, on the podcast because we went two years ago and we did a, a Idaho trip and, what recommendations, I guess, from you know, with what you do now, your experience um, in the backcountry, as well as um, your your culinary background, what would you say to somebody like f- that's for you know? We already talked about it. It's been a small population of people that are going to do a backcountry hunt, and so if you're an Easterner or a Flatlander or whatever, <laughs> like you know, right. you're you're from out here, um, yeah. and Like, you know, these meals are anywhere from, you know, six to $15 across the board. You know, you can't try every single one of them. And if you're going to do a 10 day hunt, you know, and you're going to do two of these meals a day, you know, that's, if you get out there and you don't like it or you're sick of eating it. So uh, these are all questions that people have when they're not readily available How, how do you recommend that people would approach that and, um, and as far as with their packing list and, and, and Mm kind of how to, how to start?
4: No, it's, I mean, these are all great questions. Um, a couple of years ago I did a, a live podcast at the total archery challenge, um, in Salt Lake because we were all there and, you know, um, I mean, it's a huge industry, uh, show and any, or event, I guess more than a show but everybody's there at that event and and so um this was pretty much the same type of question that was asked for you know for that and the biggest thing well actually the first thing i recommend is that you better be in shape so if you haven't started working out and and you're not um you know building stamina leg strength uh, you know, and and things like that, and getting stronger, there's a possibility you're gonna it's gonna be challenging for you. I mean, I and I can just tell you that up front that you know, you have to be in shape to come west and hunt these mountains. I mean, and it depends on where you're hunting. I mean, there's some hunts that are easier than others, but you know, especially if you're going into the Idaho and Montana uh, areas that I've hunted for the last five years, dude, you gotta, you gotta be in shape or it's, it, it can kill you. I mean, I've seen guys, you know, they try to acclimate acclimatize the first day or two that they get there and it still doesn't work out for them. But as long as you're in shape, you know, that's going to be one of your biggest hurdles, um, on the food side, you know i actually recommend doing a kind of a mix right it's it's a mix of dehydrated food and real food so i and i know that sounds it sounds weird and interesting especially for the guys that are doing full blown backcountry hunts but if you stop and think about it you can really um if you plan out your meals and you like actual meals not the dehydrated meals but if you plan out your meals and you're freezing them, and you're vacuum sealing those meals, um, you know, you can really make a lot of those meals that you've prepped at home or whatever it is, and you've put in the freezer because they're vacuum sealed, and you can make a five-day hunt last out of those meals if you um, kind of switch it up, you know, every now and then, because, I mean, even I sell, I sell the the ready wise meals, right? I mean, that's 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 what I do, and um, and I still take real food with me. I mean, there's nothing better than having a real meal of, you know, elk steak or elk hamburgers. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things is that I take with us when we're doing backcountry hunts, especially in Idaho, because we do several backcountry hunts every year for uh, spring bear, which we have coming up here in about a month. And I take elk hamburgers, um, for at least a couple nights, you know, so I freeze them, make them, freeze them, vacuum seal them. And I mean, you know, they'll start to thaw out, but as long as they're vacuum sealed and, and you kind of protect, protect the package, um, that's, that product is still going to stay frozen and somewhat cold for the various time that you're there. Okay. And so I, I guess,
3: how do you, um, what what do you plan for that? Or I guess, how would you prepare? So if you like, so for, for us, the three of us sitting around here right now, you know, having never done that, how do you, how would you set up that preparation? What would you say? Okay. Cause you know, you say, okay, well if I'm going to bring hamburger, well then what am I going to do with it? Right. So, I mean, are we bringing, yeah, buns I, mean, and,
4: I mean, like, a no, like typically, so typically, yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> anything like that. I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty minimalistic, right? I mean, and it depends. I mean, some guys are doing this where they're taking, you know um, I mean, everything is on your, your back, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so you're carrying a 70 pound pack. Each one of you are carrying a 70 pound or 75 pound pack and you've got all your cookware, all your gear, everything in there the biggest thing is divvy up the meals. Right. So, you know, you're going to be making something. So like th- the way that I do it or the way that we do it. So there's two of us. I've got myself. I mean, and, and I try to um, let the other guys do this too, but most of the time I do all the cooking So, it, <laughs> and they, and they want me to do the cooking. Right. Cause they know it's going to be, they know it's going to be good, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm pre-forming, like I said, I'm pre-forming elk hamburgers. I'm, um, I'm vacuuming seal. So I vacuum seal it in vacuum bags, you know, and press and seal bags and, um, and put them in the freezer. So it's like, okay, so we get there on a Friday night. We know Friday night we're going to have burgers, right? Because we are like, okay, well, we've made these, so let's just do burgers on a Friday night. We'll, we'll pan them, We'll grill them up over the fire. Cause I've got one of the lightweight little grills that you can stick over the open fire um and we're grilling that or something or or we're taking a an elk tenderloin and slicing it up in chunks and we're grilling that up you know but all of this stuff is frozen so it's planning out these meals it's like okay well we know you know we're there for five days so monday for dinner we're gonna do or friday for dinner we're gonna do the burgers uh Um, Saturday it's going to be, you know, we're going to do the breakfast, uh, skillet, you know, and it's just pour in the hot water and eat out of the pouch. And then, and, and we may do lunch or we may not, it just depends on how many miles we're hiking that day, where we're going, you know, if anything, it's going to be more of a snack type of thing. It's going to be, um, I make elk summer sausage every, every year and I make it in bulk. So, I mean, it's, we've got these long sticks of elk summer sausage that, you know, we'll take with us and we slice them up and a little bit of cheese. And that's probably a snack for a few days. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's just rotating these different meals, you know, but it's, it's very minimal, um, ingredients, you know, some, a package of some vegetables, like maybe some peppers and some onions chopped up. And we're grilling that or sauteing them in a pan to go with some uh, venison tenderloin or, you know, venison backstrap or something like that. So it's um, it, it's more protein driven, uh, not so much carb driven, except for we do take like little packs of, um, you know, almond butter or nuts or uh, bars and, and things like that. But it's, it's all pretty super lightweight. Um, and I'm glad you're actually talking about this because I've had some requests, uh, recently to, to actually do like a bag dump that what I put in my bag for these backcountry hunts. And, you know, even if it's like a three day hunt, um, I've had some social media requests to, to do this kind of a bag dump of what's in my bag. And, you know, especially with spring bear hunt coming up, uh, in Idaho. So, um, so maybe I'll just have to make sure I do it sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> and that might actually answer some more questions. So. And like, so when we went like,
3: John thought I was crazy cause I was like doing a lot of like ours was all protein and, yep. and then like, I had five pounds of gummy bears, or, or I mean, at least. Um, and it was just all the the snacking. And it's, what's funny is, so I did my own, just because I'm cheap, um, I, like, dehydrated my own meals. So I made meals yeah. at home, dehydrated them, and then just kind of rationed them out. And John had kind of like a menagerie of yeah, different.
5: Yeah, I, I went and got, you know, like, three different brand, you know, packages of, like. You know, same dehydrated meals that you make. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, I ended up, I tried a few of them before we left, and got out there. But like, what we did was we packed, uh, basically, we did a gallon bag per day, and so we we'd figured our like what we're gonna do for breakfast, like a couple packets of instant oatmeal. And at first, I was, I was doing like. Almost a keto diet. I was doing low carb yep. and stuff, and that's yep. what I was trying to stick to. And then we ended up talking to Mark from Exo uh, Mountain Gear, and he had, yep. he had talked to a nu- nutritionist, and he's like, "You're going to need carbs when you get out there." And that's when that's what Adam was saying. I was talking to him like he was crazy because he had all the sugar and garbage, and I'm like, "Dude!" And then then we talked to Mark, and I was like, I went up to the store and bought like a whole case of uh Snickers bars and oh, pop tarts <laughs> and then end that's up awesome. I end up with so probably probably, about,
4: probably wrong cards. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right.
5: Yeah. Well,
4: yeah. yeah. Gummy yeah, bears. No, yeah, so I mean so that that's great that you bring that up because it is I mean, I follow a keto diet as it is now. That's kind of my normal regimen when I'm, you know, coming off um, winter, late season, and you know, coming into spring, I, I get back on a keto diet and exercise program and mountain biking and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, to get back into shape for spring, but it's it it is, it's it, and you got to really so understanding what the good carbs are, right? So, I mean, it could be, um, you know, obviously, it's not snicker bars, it's not gummy bears, it's not those types of things. And, and, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, guys say, Hey, you need sugar and you need carbs. And those are the first things that you think of. But, you know, when you start looking and being becoming very cognizant of reading labels, you'll see almost everything has carbs. So it becomes a thing of, okay, well, you know, what, what has carbs that I can, if I'm going to cook something that I know it's good carbs It's going to give me energy and it's going to be, um, you know, long lasting energy. So like rice, oatmeal, um, things like that. Those are, those are the kind of carbs that you're going to want to look for when you're doing, um, the backcountry hunts, like, you know, the chicken teriyaki with rice. I mean, that's a perfect example of an all-in-one meal providing protein and carbs, you know, and then you may get back to camp. So that could be your lunch, right? I mean, you could do something like that, depending on how many miles you're hiking and, and where you're at and, you know, your, your exertion level. But, um, you know, and then you come back to camp and you're like, okay, I I know I've had my carbs for the day, so I'm just going to do, you know, some straight protein or something. The, the one thing about the dehydrated meals is you know it's an all-in-one thing you've got your protein your carbs your sodium i mean so it's it's your whole entire meal right there for you um you know but again a lot of guys get tired of eating this kind of stuff all the time especially for extended days you know when you start talking five ten days you're going to get burnt out on dehydrated or freeze dried meals. So just having that break in between and separating the meals that, you know, you could even do like a little bit of, I mean, your, your, your peppers and your onions. I mean, they're, they have carbs in them, right? I mean, it's minimal amount of carbs. but Those are going to provide you with the kind of carbs and nutrition that you need, especially with how much energy you're actually exerting when you're climbing mountains and, you know, hiking 10, 15 miles a day and things like that. So it's, it's just becoming cognizant of the right, um, nutritional pieces to, to feel fuel what you're doing. Right. That's like, we,
5: I ended up when, you know, as I was prepping to head out, I ended up making, they call it the butthole sandwiches with, uh, like the bagels, peanut butter, some bacon. So that had, you know, some pretty decent carbs, Yeah, yeah. Some good fats, proteins, and Adam couldn't hardly choke them down. He said they were too dense, but I mean, (laughs) I vacuum packed them. And matter of fact, I think I was even eating them on the way back home. I had like one or two left. They're the ones that I didn't eat. Yeah,
4: but I thought they were great. But but yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that. Honestly, that's like one of my go-to's for lunch, other than like you know the summer sausage and cheese and crackers that I do. Yep, But um, either peanut butter, bacon and jelly or um, just peanut butter and bacon sandwiches. I mean, those are awesome because it is it's giving you the right fats. And that's I, I mean, obviously, so you're not the the biggest thing is, you know, guys, when they come to the west and they start doing the backcountry thing first of all they've never done it so they they're not really sure what to do so you know obviously there's a lot of questions involved but I also see a tendency of guys completely overeating right like the first couple days they're thinking man I'm camped out at 10,000 feet I need to be eating you know three or four thousand calories a day It's like wait okay chill out get get there get there for a day or so let your body acclimate you know make sure your your hydration you know is on point and then that's when you're going to start to to notice you know whether you should be eating more or eating a lot more depending on the kind of miles that you're hiking during a day so it's and you're going to know your body over your buddy's body what he's needing is going to be different than what you're needing i mean there's some guys that dude they eat all day long on a, on a trail right i mean they've got they've got crap just stuffed everywhere in their pockets and in their hip belt <laughs> pockets and i mean it's like every pocket they have something that they can grab for a snack and and it's because their body needs that fuel um, but a lot of times it's also because guys just think okay i'm on vacation i'm hunting it's i, I can eat whatever i want i can i'm doing what i want and i'm just going to eat all this stuff. And it's really, that's not the best thing to do. I mean, consider the food that you take with you as fuel and nutrition and nothing else. You know, you're, you're, you're basically eating to sustain your energy levels. And if you start to to feel tired, then you know, you should be eating more calories. Well, and that's what I was going to ask is is
3: <laughs> so, how, um, what would you say is the, where you'd know that, that you're needing more fuel? Because um, I don't feel like, like, like the guy that you're talking about that is, has food in every single pocket and is eating it every single yeah. minute. That's me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I was doing. But again, that kind of like goes back to like, you know, I was, conditioned like in the military like that you might not get a time to eat so if you yep. have a break if you stop then you should be eating something and you're yep. gonna and you know so it's gonna be that trickle down effect it like and so for me like my pockets always had something where if we stopped i was eating something and right. yeah it, it, but i guess how do you know i mean if you just start to feel tired
4: you know i i know yeah you so- get cramped up get That's right. So, so, but that's also a hydration thing too. So, I mean, if you're, if you're not staying hydrated, you're going to start getting leg cramps. You're going to, you know, your body's going to start to feel sluggish and, and pretty much. So it goes hand in hand, right? The nutrition and, and the hydration kind of goes hand in hand. And if you're not eating enough calories, you're definitely going to feel sluggish and you'll know like the, the first day you get there, you you're not going to feel anything, right? Because you're you're amped, you're jazzed, your adrenaline's going, you're pumped up, you're ready to be there. So it's like day one, yeah, you're not going to know a thing except for you know you're not drinking enough water when you're get you know when you're at ten ten thousand, eleven twelve thousand feet. And so, like day two and day three, that's when you're really going to notice it because you know day one you're going to be so pumped up, and then opening morning you get up get going and you're like oh crap dude i don't feel all that great well one is probably because you didn't drink enough water so you're totally you know just knowing that you're at 10 11 12 thousand feet you haven't hydrated enough and then that next morning you're like okay i need some energy so it's probably a good thing to have like the breakfast skillet or some oatmeal or something like that, or even some granola, right? I mean, a little bit of granola because that's going to give you great fats. It's going to give you some great carbs, but that's long sustaining energy. So it's because of the, the way that your body breaks it down, with, you know, different, um, breaks down the glucose and the, for blood sugar and things like that. So it's kind of like a time released energy. So just just understanding your your body and how you feel um is going to be vital to you know your performance in in the backcountry and then obviously there's you know mountain ops and wilderness ath- athlete and um ready nutrients and things like that that you know can help for additional performance um as far as hydration drinks and and things like that i use mountain ops so um you know those help too
5: yeah i brought uh it was called recover it was a oh, yeah. Yeah, recovers yeah. and those were yeah. great, but you know, like when we're out there, you know, obviously I'm 45 older than Adam don't have the military background like he does, mm-hmm. but you know, and I've always been like, I've always tried to be conscious of my nutrition and, and, yeah. and have the right fuels and stuff. And that was like, I was actually looking like when we were picking out our, our meals, I'm kind of going off base, or, but I'm getting back to your product. When we were picking out our meals the other night, and I, I picked out the uh, the creamy pasta and chicken. Yeah. And so I'm like, this one like is perfect. It's got seven grams of fat. It's got uh, sixty-seven grams of carbs, but it's got thirty-three grams of protein. So it's like it's yep. hitting all the bases for me. Plus yep. it tasted great. So those were the things like I'd you know that I'd look at for like a full meal, but like when we were out there, Adam did have some of the, uh, we had the cheese and the, you know, like the smoked sausage or the salami, hard salami, salami, hard salami. And, but there was definitely times where either I, I, I always have to have a ton of water. I sweat like there's pictures of my hats, are literally like there's salt crystals growing off the top of my hat because I sweat <laughs> so much. Right. And, yep. uh, and then, you know, so the sodium content was one thing that, you know, I was going I was bleeding it out so fast. But then you know, then there was another time like when we were climb up a hill and all of a sudden I looked back and Adam was just like all of a sudden, face just beat red and shaking and he's like, Dude, I need to I need to get some food in me. He's like, I didn't didn't eat enough yet. And yeah. so that's just being conscious of your how your body is reacting especially and we weren't even at high altitudes we were only the highest we were at was like 6700 i think or 6500 yeah it was oh yeah. yeah
3: yeah so we weren't yeah i mean from where we're at it's infinitely higher than where we're at but right but
5: we were averaging we in eight days we we averaged 13 miles a day you know yeah and it was that's a lot and it was hot too like there was days where it was 80 degrees up there and literally like i said i have a two hat system <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sweat through one. I take it off, hang it on my pack, and put the dry one on. And then, right. hopefully that one's dry by the time this one's soaked through. Yeah. But, and
3: so we're we're sitting here with, uh, you know, Frank's going to head out west for his first Western hunt, and all this stuff is is new to him. So, yep. what questions do you have, Frank, about this whole thing? Like coming from your perspective, being the first time, you know, kind of. Next, uh, older generation.
5: Well, type just guy.
1: you know, whether or not I can do it or not is one thing. You know, I'm sixty-seven <laughs> years old. You know, but uh, so
5: you wanted a slingshot to shoot you yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: what I asked one of the guys before. You know, at ATA, you know, I said, "Where's the big slingshot that you got?" You know, shoot me up the hill. <laughs> but uh, no, I I I think that uh, it's going to be an experience, you know. And but I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm looking at this, and I told the guy that's, uh, uh, he's my hunting partner. I says, uh, I'm not going to go out there and kill myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to take it as it comes, you know, a day at a time or whatever, you know, a mile at a time or, you know, a half mile at a time, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to, you know. and,
4: And that's the, that's the important part, right? I mean, everybody has their own pace. I mean, I'm a fast walker. And, you know, I have buddies that hunt with me that they can't keep up with me and they they hate that, but I'm a fast walker. But, you know, it depends on the terrain too. I mean, you know, here in Colorado, um, you know, we have a lot of different terrain. I mean, we have high peaks, you know, to 14,000 feet. And obviously you're not hunting on a 14er, but I mean, you know, they're down in Southern Colorado. I mean, there's high mountain peaks down in Southern Colorado that we hunt that, um, you know, it's granite and, you know, straight up and straight down type of things. But, you know, we also have like here in Western Colorado and kind of like Northern Colorado. I mean, the elevation change is a little different and you, you know, you could start at base camp and you're at, you know, 5,000 feet or 4,500 feet. And, you know, by that afternoon you're at 7,000 feet. So it just kind of, There's so much variance that, um, you know, two, two things for you, Frank, I would, I would say is, um, go slow and, and take your time. Um, you know, of course, like I said earlier, when you get there, you're going to be jazzed, your adrenaline's going, you're pumped, you're excited to be there, you know, but try to stay, try to stay as even keel as possible. Because the, the last thing you want to do, cause that adrenaline will, you know, when it wears off, you're going to, you're going to feel it. You're going to be tired the next day, you know? So, um, you know, just staying kind of even keel, not over anxious, um, or anything like that. And then honestly, just be prepared for different kinds of weather. Um, you know, I'm a huge proponent of wool, Merino wool. Mm -hmm. base layers especially I mean obviously you know with first light we have different um mid to heavyweight wool layers and then outer layers for um wool as well but you know just being prepared for various conditions because I've seen it during archery season you know opening weekend it's 80 80 to 90 degrees and I've had snow that afternoon so um you know, just kind of having, having that mindset of being prepared. So when I say this, I know it's, it's going to sound kind of crazy, but so be prepared, but don't overpack. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's, it's just making sure that you have the right equipment for the conditions that you know, you're going to be experiencing. Um, and that's why I say that, if you're not using Merino wool for, for backcountry hunts, then then you, you, you're using the wrong gear. I, I mean, I know there might be some guys that totally disagree with me, but the, the, the huge advantage to Merino is it's going to keep you warm when it's cold, and it's going to keep you cool when it's hot. And when you start to sweat, it's going to wick that moisture away, and you're going to dry out super fast if you're using some kind of a cotton blend material or something like that, it's just, it's not going to work out for you. All right. Um, you know, and, and you're going to dry faster. You're going to stay warmer. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just the materials made now for backcountry hunting and, you know, just the gear now for hunting is, um, you know, it's a little more expensive, but again, that you get what you pay for. Um, just like with boots. I mean, You know, you, I usually take a couple pair of boots with me just to have an extra pair in case for one, because we put a lot of miles on during archery. I mean, I go through two pair, two sets of boots in a year. Um, So I'm buying, you know, two sets of boots, brand new boots every year uh, for hunting because we put so many miles on. And that starts from turkey season all the way to, you know, late January, late, season um for late season elk hunting so um but you know you get what you pay for in gear boots backpacks
1: what do you uh, what do you recommend gear. for
4: boots as far as is uh, say brand or so style? so i for years i used um danner i really like the danner boots i think that they for one they're a quality product i think danner makes great boots um for for Oh man, I would say for probably six plus years, I used the Danner higher ground boots. Um, and I had a version of the uninsulated and the, um, 400 gram insulated, you know, obviously for various seasons of hunting. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really like them. They're somewhat inexpensive. I mean, you can get into a pair of Danner uninsulated boots for maybe like 160 to 180 bucks um great boot great support uh you know gore-tex membranes um leather uppers that sort of thing um and then i recently well i would say within the last uh four years i now have switched to crispy and totally love crispy um I'm not associated with them. I just, I love their product. I think the, the, um, footbed for me, uh, you know, it fits great. I mean, I walk a lot of crazy terrain, whether it be in Idaho, Wyoming, here in Colorado. And I find the support is superior to the, the Danner boots that I've used. Um, but it's, it's give and take, right? I mean, you're going to have to try what's comfortable for you because the crispy boots, you know, depending on the kind of boot that you go with and whether it's an uninsulated or an insulated boot, you know, the flexibility level rating is going to be different. Um, I actually like the, uh, crispy Colorado's, which was a new boot for crispy last year. Um, and I was using the Crispy Thors. I mean, I have uh, quite a few pair of those. And I think they're great boots. And they're great boots for early season. Um, so, you know, turkey, spring bear uh, into um, uh, antelope archery season. And maybe, maybe even into early archery elk season here in Colorado. And then after that, I, I would recommend um, a little bit heavier boot like the crispy colorado or crispy nevada or something like that um just a little more durable a little stiffer for higher mountain terrain um, rocky terrain uneven ground things like that
5: cool yeah it's i i ended up going with the crispy thor and that was actually nice a, awesome it, it yeah it was kind of a mistake for me though coming from a flatlander getting out there it was kind of like skating for the first time and putting a pair of figure skates on yeah it, it doesn't have the support and by the end of the day when my legs and everything was fatigued coming back down the mountain i end up like rolling my ankle a couple times and and i actually talked to crispy when we were at ata and he's like well this is the boot that you need then and that was yep. the new colorado when they came out he's like this one's <laughs> like, got the support that you need for you know off camber and all that
4: but yeah i i'm telling you that colorado so i i tried it uh when they first came out with it um well they launched it in spring of i actually think it was spring of 20 it was 20 it was spring of 2018 or 2019 or fall of yeah anyway they i mean they it's, it hasn't been out on the market very long and i tried it when it first came out and I was like, Oh my gosh, this boot is way different than my Thor boot, you know? And, and it's a variation of the crispy summit. Mm. Um, so it's basically like a reinvented model of the crispy summit. And Oh my gosh, that thing is, I, I love it. I wear it everywhere. I mean, it, it definitely provides me with the support that I need. Um, you know, and, and there's different lacing techniques too. So if, you know, depending on, um, I kind of go with a more traditional lacing technique, but you know, you guys might find depending on how your feet, uh, feel in the, and you can do this with the Thor. I mean, you can do it with all boots, but, um, you can do it with the Thor too, but, you know, just different lacing techniques as far as if, if it feels like you're, um, In step is a little bit too tight you can take the top you know that front lace out and switch it to the second and and just do some different lacings um you know to alleviate things being tight around your feet and 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 also how much weight you're carrying in your pack too i mean that's going to be that's going to be a um a factor as well right
5: yeah i uh i love my i still wear them all the time i just you know mowed my lawn and did everything? Walked around the lake. You know, when we were getting when we were getting ready, that's what I was doing. Was, uh, and, oh, and our listeners, you know, they they've heard this many times, but I would have my pack on with forty or sixty pounds, and I'd have all my gear on, and I'd be out mowing the lawn, just you know, going up and down the hill. I'd walk the dogs yeah. around the lake with all, and, you know. Some people look at me like I was crazy. Then the other ones would be like, "Where are you going out west?" You know. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh but nice. that was that kinda of nice. leads me into a, another question. Um so <laughs> yep. you, obviously you you said you get back into shape in the spring and stuff and and I've yep. been like I have a bad back, so I, I use an elliptical to to kind of supplement my workout. But like for Frank yep. would you recommend like say like a stationary bike or something to help build up his you know, wind and stamina, something that's like a low impact or I mean,
4: yeah, I mean, you know, it depends. I like for me, I do um I do the treadmill. Um, you know, I at least try to do it twenty to twenty five minutes every day. And then usually I mean, depending on my work schedule and travel schedule, I'm trying to mountain bike in the in the afternoon. I mean, I live, you know, ten ten minutes from a lot of great trails here in western Colorado, so it's easy for me to hop on my bike and just hit the trails from my house, and you can fire um, up that quiet. So cat that and makes just
3: it. get back that way.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it makes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the e bike makes it, but I, I will tell you. So, it's funny because I, I bike with a lot of guys, and you know, the one thing that I'll tell you with the e bike. And I love having an e bike because the thing is amazing. But you'll end up going a lot further than what you think you're going. And you're like, oh crap, I just went like 15 miles. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, um, all right, well, that's cool. And, you know, you're, you're, you know, kind of gives you more guts, right? I mean, you're like, okay, I'm going to go further now because you have the uh, battery assist. And so you're, you feel, um, less fatigue. Uh, but the other thing too, that I noticed over the last few weeks when I've been out, um, scouting for turkeys is that I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to go up over that hill. (laughs) And, you know, and I'm like, wait a second, dude. I'm like, if you would have been on a real bike, you would have never done that. I'm (laughs) like, so, you know, kind (laughs) of, I was like, uh, all right, well, that's cool. So now, remember you got to come back down that same hill <laughs> um you know so so the, i but you know again i, I love it so you know it, it's all about your what works for you all right i mean so that's the biggest thing that you know i think a lot of guys maybe don't realize or they do realize it but they they try to overdo it and I mean, so if an elliptical works for you, Frank, or even if a stationary bike works for you, I mean, do what works for you that's comfortable for you, because you, you're not, don't do something that's not going to be comfortable for you, because you're going to do it, you're going to do it a couple times, and you're like, dude, this sucks, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and then you're going to say, screw it, and then come and then come uh, mid-August, you're like, oh, crap, I, I haven't done anything now. And I'm three weeks away from my trip. Right. Now what am I going to do, right. right? Right. So, I mean, honestly, and and I'll be honest with you, there's no um, where you guys are because I have some friends in, in Michigan that came out here hunting. And I took them and we were hunting at, you know, almost 11,000 feet. And they hated me for the first couple of days because we were walking, you know, 10, 12 miles up and down cliffs and mountains. And they're like, yeah, this sucks. Uh, you know, you said get in shape, but we didn't know it was going to be like this. Right. You know, And I mean, so it's, there's, no, there's nothing that replicates the same kind of terrain that we have here in the West for you guys to try to uh, replicate to train with, right? So right. with that being said, it's, it's about building up stamina. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, walking, you know, you really want to, you know, try to start walking long distances. If you can, if you can do it on the concrete or, you know, from your house or park or football track or, or whatever it might be. And I highly recommend doing lightweights. I mean, some of these guys, you know, like the, um, train to hunt guys and, fit to hunt now and this and that train to hunt and lift to hunt and all these things. I mean, all those things are great, you know, because everybody, at least they're doing something to get in shape because it, it can be very strenuous, um, you know, especially if you get something and you're packing it out however many miles, um, but at least some kind of lightweight training to help build your, your muscles up and have some strength. I don't think you need to start doing, you know, start with 10 pounds and all of a sudden by June, you're, you know, you're lifting 300 pounds and, and I mean, you honestly are not going to get any benefit from that. I mean, so like for me, I do kind of like this circuit training regimen and that's what I've always done. I've done, you know, I start off with cardio obviously to get my blood pumping and, everything moving in the right direction. And then I start doing the circuit training where it's, you know, it's basically I'm doing, you know, chest, shoulders, back, and legs. And it's basically, um, till burnout. So I'm doing, I'm doing like, you know, 50 squats and I'm doing, you know, 50 bench presses and, you know, uh, I don't know, 50, uh, curls and, you know, things like that. But it's, it's all about just getting that pump and cause you're just trying to tear those muscle fibers to build strength. That's how you're building strength. Right. And so, so if you just do this, do that on a consistent basis, you're going to get in shape.
3: So I have a question for you just on that note is like, I, I kind of, I, I think part of it is because like, I sweat, like, like John's talking about, you know, yep. like, so I never do cardio first. I always do cardio at the end. Um oh, yeah. And the reason I do it that way is I feel like the hard part's going to come after I've already done the work. You know what I mean? So I yeah. work out and like break myself down and then I run. Yeah. And my reasoning yeah. is is that like that's when I'm really going to need it is sure. I need to be able yeah. to do that at the end. But I was just curious as like, if there was like I, a- no,
4: I, I no, I like it. I, I think it's great. I mean, <clears throat> you know, again, it's, it's all about what works for you and, and you know, your body better than anyone else. And so, you know, if, if works to, I mean, I've seen some guys where they, the, in, in the gym and obviously all the gyms are closed now, but mm-hmm. um, so you can't go to a gym. So, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I've seen guys, they'll do like, this weird CrossFit type of thing where they're, you know, they'll go and do, uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 pushes of the big tractor tire and then they're doing sprints. And then, you know, then they go over and they're doing dumbbells and then they're, you know, doing pull-ups. And so, I mean, it's just, I think that as long as you're doing something that's going to activate those muscle fibers and, and help building up that stamina, that's really what's going to get you the most benefit. But again, it could be that, you know, starting cardio or weight training first and doing cardio last is better for you. Um, this is just what I've always done. And, and I know it works for me and I lose weight real fast that way. So, <laughs>
2: that's, what, <laughs> so that's what I do. <laughs>
4: yeah. I usually just like, uh,
5: I, I try to do the elliptical every morning and at least 30 minutes, but I'll do it. And then, yeah, then i'll i'll so i'll get up go down get on my elliptical get warmed up you know do my 30 minutes and then get into doing the weights but just because i want to get warmed up and get my muscles you know with a low impact yeah
4: hey hey by by all means i am not a I am, I, I profess this right here with you guys tonight that I am not a fitness <laughs> expert, weight training expert. I mean, nothing. I, I just back in the, in my high school and college days, I did some bodybuilding. And so I, I know what works for my body and, and you know, how, and still at 45, I'm, it takes me a little longer than it used to, but I mean, it still works for me and watching my nutrition and, you know, things like that. Cause the sad thing is, is I like food too much, right? I mean, I'm a chef, so <laughs> right, I like to exactly. eat great food and I like great flavor. And, you know, so, um, it's, it's actually been kind of fun for me because, you know, with the, with the adventure meals and having input in recipes and, you know, taste testing those things, um, you know, I knew that the, I know that the meals are, are great nutrition, um, you know, and then just following a a pretty strict, uh, nutrition regimen. Like I said, the, the, I, I do keto, keto is not for everybody, but for me, I mean, I'm not that much of a desserts person. So sweets for me is not a big deal. Um, you know, so I would much rather have more steak than a piece of cake or pie, at night or, or donuts or whatever it might be. Um, Or both. It's just, yeah, it's just (laughs) both works. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So,
3: so with your, um, like culinary background and like with the back country, um, can you give us maybe some of like your, I don't know. I don't know, maybe like, it's not like insider or anything like that, but like, what would be something that would be like a real treat, like a, like one of your recipes or pairings or something that you would bring to go along to break the monotony or, or something like that, where guys that were on the hunt with you would be like, oh my God, I'm definitely doing that the next time because one of the things like for with with the the military or whatever and like even even john like for us like like those gummy bears or that snickers or whatever was like a morale booster you know what i mean so that one thing you pull out halfway through the hunt and you're
4: like oh my god that's what we're looking forward to so one of the cool things um with colorado is there are lakes everywhere and high mountain lakes everywhere so i always take my um, pack rod with me and I would say probably 98% of the time I'll catch at least a, you know, a two, three fish and be able to grill those up over an open fire and season those up and, and do the, do a, a trout, you know, whether it be a brook trout or a rainbow trout over the open fire. I mean, that's, that's huge right there. I mean, you know, and obviously if you're, whether you're rifle hunting or archery hunting, if you get an animal and, and have the opportunity to harvest a, a deer or an elk or whatever it might be, you know, being able to cut off a piece of tenderloin or backstrap. I mean, that's, that is huge. I mean, guys, th- I mean, that's, that's like the ultimate um, the ultimate morale booster right there. I mean, it's like, you know, fresh harvest meat, and it's, you did it right? I mean, it's all about everything that you just did today or over the several, last several days. So I always make sure to um, carry some different seasonings with me, you know, some mixture of different seasonings, um, salt, pepper, garlic salt. Um, I actually have a line of uh, seasonings called Game Chef seasonings. So they are different um, wild game seasonings, that are available. So, um, we formulated some seasonings kind of specific to wild game flavors, uh, game fish, you know, different, um, elk and deer and beef and things like that. So that's, uh, those, those are kind of my treats, you know, being able to cook something like the fish or, you know, um, even a couple of years ago when I got my bear being able to, to, take the back straps and tenderloins off the bear and grilled those up and made uh, bear fajitas. Uh, the guys that were with me, they, they thought it was awesome. And, 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 it was our first time to all of us. It was our first time to ever have bear. So that was, that was pretty awesome.
5: You made sure to cook it all the way through, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we made sure to cook it all the way through. You don't want so, to end yeah. up
5: with the trigonosis.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which was kind of hard for me because normally I'm not a, I'm not a well done, burnt to the crisp kind of guy. I like my stuff, you know, rare to medium rare and it was, so I'm like, oh, I think it's finally done because 'cause it's been on here for an hour or so. <laughs>
1: it was black bear, right?
4: <laughs> it was black bear for sure. Yeah. Blackened blackened bear. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: So so kind of circling back with like the uh ready wise and the these these meals, like you've helped create some of the, uh, recipes and, and, and things like that. So what ones would you recommend for people to, to start out with? Or if, you know, the, the, that's the hard part is trying to figure out. And, and you said one of your favorite ones is the breakfast skillet. And when we were, you know, doing our draft as far as like, which ones we are going to go, that one was one of the last ones because john had tried some of them and i've had the mre eggs and they're just they taste like shit so i was like i'm staying away from powdered eggs right And i actually still
5: have some in my bronc box i still have some egg packs that i never even made when we were out west two years ago but it was just i but they weren't
4: yours obviously they were a different brand and and i was like you know we so we actually do um well we actually do a food bucket our several food buckets obviously for emergency and survival but um one of our most popular uh food buckets is our egg um bucket and it's, and it is it's powdered eggs but our recipe for our powdered eggs are amazing and uh, you know and and if, again there's all different types of dehydrated meals out there and, you know, guys like what they like, but I would say that the formulations that we have come up with and that we worked with, with our um, R and D team and putting these four formulations together. I mean, these recipes are pretty similar to home cooked meals as similar as you can get to home cooked meals, you know, for dehydrated food. And that's one of the things that, you know one of the things to take away from this whole thing on on dehydrated freeze-dried you know backcountry camping meals is that you know we are trying to create the experience that um you know you would somewhat be able to replicate at home because again you know we we get comments and i'm sure all the other manufacturers of the similar type of products get it too is that you know it tastes like plastic or you know it tastes like this or tastes like that but that was one of the things that you know that we really took pride in and and time is to really come up with some great formulations and and make it as close to uh, a home-cooked meal like like I told you earlier the lasagna um, is is another one of my favorites because um, you know definitely had some input into that recipe and And so that's, uh, you know, literally I, I, everywhere I go, I taste test that product to, you know, different retailers because one, I like it and I know it always comes out great and people love home cooked lasagna. I mean, when you make, when you make lasagna or spaghettis and, and meatball and things like that at home, I mean, those are, those are things that give back memories, right? I mean, your mom maybe made lasagna back in the day or spaghetti and meatballs or whatever it might be. So it just kind of brings this, this whole thing full circle to, you know, I'm, I'm out here for 10 days and I want a home cooked meal. Oh, I'm going to have lasagna because I know it tastes like my mom's lasagna or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, so I definitely recommend, the. Uh, The um, egg scramble, the lasagna, the noodles and beef is another one of my favorites. Of course, I love mushrooms. And so there's mushrooms in there. So it gives it this real nice earthy texture and, and flavor to it. And, um, I just think it's a, I just think it's a well rounded meal for being out in the backcountry and having a warm meal in the evening time, you know, when you come back to camp. But I'll tell you, our mac and cheese is freaking awesome well so if you have if you haven't tried the mac and cheese yet then you guys need to open some of that up and try it like right now because it's good (laughs) and and
3: so like i said we we just couldn't sit down and eat all of them and that was one of the ones that was like well you know how can they jazz up macaroni and cheese i was really excited about the cheesy potato soup that one was a little bit salty but i can tell you this When we mixed it with the lasagna, it was probably the best thing we ate all night. Um, Just because the lasagna (laughs) was a little bit spicy and it it kind of toned it down a little bit. And the funny thing about that, you say that beef and noodles and the mushrooms, these guys are giving me like the side eye about the whole thing because I don't eat vegetables. I don't care for vegetables. They're not my thing. It's more of a texture thing than it is like a flavor thing. I just have a weird, weird... I, I get it. Yeah. Um, I, I get
4: it. Yeah.
3: But with that beef and noodles, that, I, that, the chicken and pasta, I think was the overall winner. Uh, Could have yep. used a little bit more salt. I think we all said it was just like a little bit under seasoned. But the, that beef and noodles with mushroom sauce or whatever. They were all yep. looking at me like, "Oh, you got to try this!" And we, you know, we're on video doing this whole thing,
4: and uh, <laughs> there
3: were no chunks of mushroom or anything like that. The no. flavor was uh-huh. amazing, and so for me, yep. everything is a texture thing. So if sure. you can make it, if you can hide it in there and give me the flavor, then that's right. great. And it was a really
5: good. Um, yeah, without what, what I mean, like in, in our in that video that we did, if. If you like lasagna, you're gonna like this lasagna. Oh, if you like you know, it's like whatever, like if you like pasta and chicken or you know, chicken Alfredo, people need to just try that and then go out of the you know, get out of your comfort zone and try something different. The lasagna tasted great. My problem, like I have heartburn a lot and so like especially if we're if we're coming back to camp and that's gonna be the last meal of the day and I'm gonna go right to sleep and yep. I, then i'm gonna have problems sleeping because i'm gonna have you know spicy sure. and that's just you know because i'm old and no you know. you're not old you're just a candy <laughs> ass <That's all. laughs> you know? but i love the like the, the the beef and noodles and the the chicken the creamy pasta chicken that that was yeah. great you know so and well, it, and, it,
4: and, uh, and, and so a couple of recommendations like on the uh so the other two breakfast items that we have the apple apple cinnamon cereal and the strawberry granola crunch. Yep. So a couple of things like literally, we'll take like the apple cinnamon cereal and and I'll open up a I'll open up a bag and I'll um, pour a little bit of it in uh, like a small little snack size Ziploc bag and I'll keep some of that in my pocket because that's like a I mean so you can either add you know, milk to it, or you can add hot water to it or whatever and make it into a cereal. But it's awesome just to have it, you know, in a little baggie that you can put in your hand and pop in your mouth for, you know, a quick little crunch or snack, you know, as you're going up the trail. So that's like your granola, your granola bar, right? I mean, right. so it's, yeah, I mean, it serves as the same purpose. And again, it's it's the good carbs, it's the quality carbs, and it's got, it's, you know, definitely has some of the the sodium in it it has the sugar in it and then obviously the carbs but you know it's providing all of that um all of those essential nutrients that you need plus plus the texture that crunch that you know sometimes your body just craves crunch you know especially when you're out there for however many days and you just want something crunchy to, to snack on and so um definitely recommend trying to the two cereals because you can do a lot of different things with it
3: well again these all showed up to my house and i'm the gatekeeper for the entire podcast i'm the yeah i'm the (laughs) puppet master um and (laughs) i brought all the one of every single one of the meals that we were going to heat up and eat over in one of the granola boxes and john's like what the hell is this like where's the Where's the granola? Where's the where's the apple cinnamon? Where's where's the strawberries? I don't the cookie, see them. the cookie dough bites. The cookie dough, <laughs> boys. The yeah. cookie
5: dough bites yeah. didn't make it over here until the night and it's an open package. So you know what's going on with well, that, right. Oh my god, dude. I'm A telling crunching you
4: the the cookie dough bites are out of this world i mean they're like captain and, and,
5: crunch on crack
4: <laughs> yes they you know what that's an awesome example yeah i mean those things it is it's no problem for me to be sitting there and eat a whole bag myself <laughs> i mean cuz they're they're so damn good i mean they're just like yeah so i mean at this point these The cookie dough bites, so we have them, uh, have distribution on those, um, nationally in sporting goods stores and because they've been so popular. So we now are coming out with some other cool flavors that, um, are similar to the cookie dough bites because, you know, guys are looking for, you know, they, they want that sweet treat after, or even women too, um, you know, hunters <laughs> there, they, they want that sweet treat or snack. You know, whether it be during the day or they want it at night after they've eaten or, you know, they're just sitting around camp and they want a snack on something. I mean, it definitely provides the perfect snack option. And that's one of the things that, you know, um, you know, when you look at the the camping um, segment in the different outdoor retailers, that's one of the pieces of that segment that lacks is there are no. You know, there's like freeze-dried ice cream and you know some things like that, but it's not all that great. I mean, so you know, this is just something different that provides that that same dessert feel when you're out camping and playing around.
1: So you're—I was just kind of curious. We've talked about out west and stuff. You know, the yep. the hunting aspect and in the backpacking there. What about? like the eastern coast like the like the Appalachian Trail and stuff like that are you affiliated with you know uh retailers there too i mean in, oh yeah
4: yeah yeah no we have dis- yeah we have distribution nationally so okay. i mean um academy sports dick sporting goods um so yeah it's walmart Sands okay. club okay. uh yeah yeah, we have distribution everywhere, so not just in the West. Because I think we're that, based out know. we're based out of Salt Lake, but um, okay. yeah, not not just Western states. I would think that would be a big
1: plus out there. You know, what I mean, oh far, yeah, absolutely. As as... Apple
4: cinnamon.
1: All... <laughs> <laughs> John's saying <it's> yeah. Appalachian <laughs> apple cinnamon. <laughs> apple cinnamon Appalachians. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: Actually, no, we're getting ready to do. Uh, and if you go to our website, uh, readywise.com, dot com, we're um, doing this huge promotion that uh, we're sponsoring a giveaway um, for the uh, hiking um, of the Pacific Crest Trail. And so it's like this—it's like this ten-day backpacking trip, and we've got a bunch of different um, brands and manufacturers that are supplying. You know different gear and we're obviously supplying all the food and we've got a tent company and a backpack company and um jet boils uh doing the the stove and you know all kinds of goodies so it's just some cool um pr to get the brand out there and and get uh get some more recognition of the different products that we have
3: cool so and one thing that I, I I gotta ask and it just is in the the climate of of today's world yep. with this one of the things I had on my list that we didn't talk about was like the expiration dating and so we we, we talked <laughs> yeah. to um, you know one of our buddies a good good friend helped us out a lot this year at ATA uh, Brett with the Tioga Rise and they do the dehydrated, you know, they do instant coffee, but he was taking us through like the freeze drying and all the reverse osmosis crap that has to happen to keep the actual flavor. So it doesn't taste like dirt. Um, So with these products and they've got a five and a 10 year shelf life or, you know, like you had alluded to earlier, um, what does that mean? Who sets that thing? You know, so myself, um, you know, I'm a pharmacist, we do a lot of compounding and yep. the rules and regulations are ridiculous to a degree. Um, yeah. you know, we've been doing it like our, our family's been, you know, in the pharmacy business and compounding for 30 years plus. And in that time frame, you know, expiration dates were liberal and then an event happened somewhere. And it gets more stringent, as it should. And then things just keep happening. And so now it's it's a bit ridiculous. And so I have to tell patients, like, well, the law says that I have to tell you this. But 30 years ago, three years ago, this is the way we used to do it. So with this dating (laughs) in the climate
4: today, what does that really mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the same. I mean, it's the same kind of guidelines for food, right? I mean, we're definitely regulated by the FDA. Um, and then, you know, depending on whether our, our products have meat, um, I mean, some of, obviously most of them have meat products or soy products or, um, things like that. So, you know, we definitely have strict guidelines too, as far as what we can put on for, um, expiration dates and, you know, like the backpacking, the adventure meals. I mean, they have a five year shelf life or freeze dried fruit items. They have a three year shelf life. And then when you start talking about like some of the um, emergency food buckets that we have, and obviously these products are sealed in bags, you know, they're vacuum sealed in bags, they're flushed with nitrogen. So that also helps, um, Uh, shelf life as well, flushing the bags with nitrogen and then vacuum sealing the bags. And then, you know, we're sealing them in these different, um, buckets and totes and things like that. So, you know, that helps obviously no oxygen or air is getting in any of those products. Um, but you know, it's, I, I too would say, Hey, you know, this meal, we have to tell the consumer that, hey, it has a 10-year shelf life. But in all honesty, you know, we've done different R&D testing to where, you know, we are giving those, given the guidelines from the FDA and, and what we can legally say um, to the consumer and, and you know, package or stamp on the product. But there's there's products that we have that you know are 15 years old that they're still fine. You know, and I, I mean, obviously there, there's going to be if the package is not open, I mean, there's going to still be some breakdown because you and I've kind of talked about this, you know, chemical makeup and breakdown and breakdown uh, uh, and consistency of some products. So, I mean, there's going to be some breakdown, but if the package isn't opened and, and it's been sealed and stays sealed and that bucket's completely sealed, I mean, it'll last for 25 years.
5: Yeah, I was just I'm. I got your packages here. You're gonna want if you really want a long shelf life, then you go with like the lasagna or the noodles and beef because the ones here are good till 2035. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, then the creamy chicken and pasta is good till 2026. So, yeah, the chicken must have a a lower shelf life or something. But the (laughs) 15 years. Oh yeah. I don't think we're uh, gonna be worried about that one
4: (laughs) yeah no it's it's um and and again you know especially with all the the stuff that's going on right now around the world uh, you know because it's now it's not it's not just in the country it's the whole entire world i mean every everybody's going through this thing and um you know having that long shelf life and i think it's it's a comfort zone thing too right i mean i walk into a grocery store here in colorado and the entire and and that's what i that's what i find that's somewhat so funny about this whole thing And i mean it's not funny and i'm not trying to make a joke about it but people aren't thinking about this right i mean they're going in and they're buying all this food and i've seen people in sam's club even here where they bring their entire family in and they've got like three carts for an entire family and it, there might be four or five people in that family. I'm like, wait a second, dude. I'm like that, that, uh, salad or that, you know, uh, ro- bag of romaine lettuce that you just bought two or three of, uh, unless you're eating salad every single day for the next five days, it's going to go bad. Right. Like, you know, it's not like you can freeze lettuce and it's not like you can freeze, you know a lot of these different things, and I'm like, you're you're just buying because you're in a panic mode right now, and and that's the thing that, I mean, even like fruits, right? If you're not if you're not taking those fruits and you're making if you're not like dehydrating and you're making not making um, dried fruits or different things like that. I mean, half the fruit that you buy anymore in stores you know, by the time you get it from the supplier and it gets on the store shelf, it's already. You know, it maybe has maybe has 20 days shelf life on it if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I mean, um, it, it's just people are are just buying because they're in this panic mode because they don't know what's what's happening and they literally are just overreacting to some of this stuff because that the sad thing is is a lot of that food's just going to go bad and and they've just not not only have they wasted. Money, But now they've bought so much of it that, you know, maybe somebody else could have bought some of it. So, you know, knowing that we have the kind of meals that we have available, whether it be on the survival side and our survival backpacks or, you know, in our emergency food buckets and things like that, that, you know, it's it's not going to go bad, you know, for 20 years or 10 or 15 years as um, I think for a lot of people. And obviously for the, the ones that are, you know, preppers um, is a pretty cool thing and, and definitely a peace of mind that, hey, you know, like when you walk into my garage, I have like a whole entire top shelf of food buckets and I, I, some of my friends have come into my garage and they're like, are you preparing for the apocalypse? I'm like, yeah, man, if it happens, I'm ready. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know? right. So it's like, well, hey, it's you know, I know it's going to be good for 20 years, so why not? Why not have it? Yeah, there's none of us like that sitting at this table.
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, everybody's panic buying all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm looking at solar energy and like... <laughs> other yeah. sorts of things because i'm like i'm like the rest of it is gonna like work itself out um <laughs> i've already got that that sort of stuff taken care of um yeah. re, you know we've kept you here for uh, you know uh, quite a while you know over an hour and a half now um yep. one of the things that i wanted to ask you just because you've got your uh you know culinary background we talked about it before uh you know i'm gonna ask you this question um With turkey season, I want to know (laughs) a whole bird recipe. So not just the breasts, not just, you know, um, you know, rip the drumsticks off, throw away the, you know, you know, when you shoot shoot a wild turkey, you know, for anybody who hasn't eaten one or, or, you know, tried, I guess, because you're, you're, it's kind of like the big bucks, right? You're getting the old version of, of, of the, the animal
4: you know. Not not so much in the spring. I mean, honestly, so here's here's the difference. You know, so you can, and I think that most states are like this. Um, but you know, spring turkey compared to fall turkey, little t- little different. Um, you know, spring turkey for Toms or Jakes, you know, less fatty. Obviously, they're you know getting all worked up and they're getting into the the whole mating thing for um, spring so less fatty but i'll say depending on or whether you're hunting spring turkey or fall turkey the biggest thing that i get and i see this i mean literally my social media has already started blowing up guys asking me for you know spring turkey uh recipes and it happens every year is that the the biggest mistake people make when they get a turkey whether it's spring or fall is one they don't pluck the bird right away so they don't dress out the bird and they don't pluck the bird right away huge 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 key i mean just like when you're hunting big game you know dressing out a deer or an elk i mean getting that hide you know getting it dressed out and getting that hide off is a huge key to that that meat tasting completely different than leaving the hide on for for several hours. So it's the same exact thing for poultry. You know, get that game, uh, that bird, whether I mean even I mean you and I've even talked about grouse, right, Adam? I mean, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. It's, you know, whether it's grouse, whether it's pheasants or ducks or geese, I mean, getting those feathers off and getting everything cleaned out as quickly as possible because I mean, those birds are holding in heat just like we do, right? Just just like humans and just like big game. So you know, getting it, um, uh, plucked and dressed out. And then the biggest key before you cook it 24 hours, the day before you cook it is you're brining it in a solution. And typically that solution consists of sugar, salt, water, and fruit items. So, I mean, like for me, I have big, um, Buckets. They're like, you know, a bucket that, a uh, five gallon bucket that you buy at Home Depot or Lowe's. I have several of them here at my house and I use, well, I use something. I mean, they all have different uses. Most of them are for pellets for smoking, but, you know, I have ones that I use for food. And I do a, so it's 50% sugar, 50% salt, and then um, warm water. Let the water, uh, stir the water around to dissolve the salt and sugar mix. And I usually use like a combination of oranges, lemons, and limes, squeeze them in there and then let them sit. And then what that's doing is it's just providing, basically you're tenderizing the bird, right? You're adding moisture to the bird. You're tenderizing it with the, um, with the citric acid. And it's, and that bird is just pulling in all the moisture, uh, from the salt and and from the sugar water solution. And I'm telling you, it's literally, I mean, if you've ever cooked a bird and it's been dry, it's because you you've overcooked it and you've cooked all the moisture out of it. I mean, obviously, that's why it's dry. So if you start adding moisture to it before you cook it, it's going to stay dry. And so Frank... I mean, moist. Like, Stay moist. Yeah. So
3: like in Frank and John, maybe they've got more uh insight into this because before i married into this crazy family of grizzly adams and his (laughs) band of merry men um i i I never turkey hunted so you know we just would you know basically now we cooked i shot a a bearded hen we cooked the legs on that one Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and um but we just take the breast and Deep fry it basically. So what? What has been your issues with cooking whole birds or like the?
1: I've I've done I've done whole birds before, but but we we've done them in in cooking bags, you know, in the oven.
4: Yeah, and uh-huh. and
1: yeah. uh the, I thought they were great. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't. Some of the some of the leg meat and the thigh meat, you know, that stuff is a little it's a little tougher, but a little. Uh, darker too than people, you know, prefer, you know, but yeah, wild
4: wild bird is dark, right? Pretty much all dark
1: meat, yeah. But I've never had, I've really never had an issue, you know, as far as flavor wise (laughs) or anything like that, you know, as in if, like, say, if you do them in a cooking bag, they're, they're tender, they're plenty tender. Well, yeah,
4: Uh, yeah, cooking bag is, I mean, basically a cooking bag acts as convection, right? I mean, that's what it's doing. It's, 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 um, Yeah. I mean, the process is the convection process that, you know, it's just this um, circular uh, motion of moisture and, and continuous heat. So, I mean, that bird is basically being basted in its own juices, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole entire time. So yeah, that's a, that's a great way to do it.
5: So one more question. I, I always ask um, our, uh, you guys were interviewing what what's your bow setup and uh you know the so whole thing.
4: yeah so i actually um am using the uh new elite ember um and i have the all the c um uh cbc products the custom bow accessories products that they that is part of the elite family um so i have the sights it's a five-pin sight, um, and man, what is my release? My release is a Scott release, uh, caliper release, and then um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, my quivers the the CBE quiver, uh, um, four, four arrow quiver. And then, uh, CBE torque, uh, stabilizer is the stabilizer that I use.
5: Right. What arrows are you shooting?
4: Uh, element, element archery, um, with dirt nap broadheads. Okay. And it kind of depends on, uh, so I get kind of get this question as well all the time as what, you know, the arrows that I use. So it honestly, it depends on, um, what I'm hunting, whether it's deer, elk, or turkeys, um, or antelope. Um, so typically for, uh, let's see, typically for antelope and deer, I use a micro diameter, um, arrow, which is the element storm arrows. And then for, um, turkeys and elk, I use either the, and I know this is gonna sound funny, they're either the quake, uh, arrow from element archery or the typhoon and the reason I go back and forth is because it depends on the conditions. So I carry all those arrows with me typically you know even if like I'll carry them in my truck and and depending on the weather conditions so it could vary anywhere from a um, uh, 300 grain uh, or yeah, 300 to 350, um, spine, uh, aero. And it just, it'll depend on if it's storming, if it's windy, if it's raining, snowing, and I'll go with a little bit heavier arrow, you know, depending on the condition or lighter arrow if it's dry and, you know, hot in the summertime. So, and that's just kind of the setup that I've always done. That's worked pretty well for me. Uh, And then the dirt nap broadheads. So I've got the just the regular DRTs, and um, I have those set at 100 grain. And then I have the turkey uh, broadheads that that, uh, are the dirt nap DRTs. (laughs) Those are uh,
3: Adam's favorite. Oh, they will destroy a decoy, let me just tell you right (laughs) now. They will deflate a uh, brand-new
4: Avian-X decoy. They will destroy it. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I typically, I typically don't um, target shoot with those because I did that into mine and and it destroyed my destroyed my uh, block target. So, yeah. oh no,
3: no, no, this wasn't target shooting. This was hunting. <laughs>
4: Oh. <laughs> oh, you shot your decoy. Oh, shit. On video. We had
5: it on video. It's, like, it it's, on video, it's pretty it? awesome. That's yeah. awesome. He shot right through the bird's wing and then smoked the decoy. Yeah, And oh, then the turkey nice. ran off. Nice.
3: John had to so you got,
4: the, the decoy. You got the decoy. you oh. got the decoy, but you didn't get the turkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shot, shot placement was amazing.
5: Yeah. Tag <laughs> soup was really tough that year. Yeah. Right,
4: right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no. I'd love to love to connect with you guys. What you're doing um, for your Colorado archery hunt, and you know, definitely if you have any questions for the gear setup, just you know, let me know and walk through some stuff with you too. So
5: yeah, Perfect. I mean, like I say, uh, I. I'm, well, I'm sure I'm, Adam's I'm, gonna be out there knocking on your door when he's yeah, there. So, yeah, <laughs>
3: me, me and Joel will be over there like Matt, Matt,
4: Matt, Matt, come Matt, come on, and play. Oh me? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, no, that's that's easy, no no problem, huh? Yeah, or
3: yep, and Frank's so. Frank's gonna be out there a a week before I get there and a week after I leave. So, um, <laughs> and John's headed to to Montana. So, we'll we'll see. He hasn't done. Right uh, he's he's waiting for
5: the for the the, the corona well, yeah. peak and, and I, ebb and flow for Yeah. Well I just got done canceling my Florida trip and then with all the stuff that's going on I had to cancel my boat that I've been looking forward to having for a week and going deep sea fishing. And then yeah. I then I got online and I was I went through the whole process to get my tag and, you know, I'm doing the, the big game combo and then with the points and all that and it comes out to like twelve hundred bucks and it was like Maybe I should just wait till the I have until April first to put in for it. Yeah, and then I was also looking, you know, like well, our tags in Idaho were what six hundred. Yep, you know, and then the tags, Colorado, Colorado tags. Yep, you know, but I, I have I have a buddy that lives in
4: Bozeman, so I kind of well i I haven't heard I haven't heard of anything yet. I mean, I stay pretty close to. Close to Colorado Parks and Wildlife and and Idaho fishing game, and um, I haven't heard of anything affecting you know any of the hunting seasons yet. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that's going to happen. The only thing that I have heard is uh, you know different trailheads that um, where there's like lo- lots of you know congregations of people and things like that there are specific trailheads that are being closed or being shut down um you know that were basically mandated because it's a popular trailhead type of thing but mm. i i can't see and got knock on wood cuz it would suck if that did happen but um you know just i can't see that them canceling hunting seasons right. you know because of this you know and most of that stuff is going to take place in other than like turkey spring turkey and you know spring bear season in different states i mean all those things are coming up rather quickly but you know um the rest of them are august mid to late august and september so i i I think that things are going to start to see a down cycle at that point at least i hope so and that's what i'm praying to see but I'm hoping that's going to happen.
5: I, I was just more worried about like I mean like we were talking earlier people are panicking and it's you know they're saying there's it's going to get worse before it gets better and you know
2: Yeah.
5: It's yeah. like right now my wife's shop as soon as they get one one you know episode of this they're shutting down. They're closing yeah. the doors right now. They're running at like 50%. So it's yeah. like I'm looking at you know well I have enough to survive on you know right now for money wise and stuff like that but if shit really hits the fan i I can't really justify putting twelve hundred dollars into a tag that
2: you
4: know is several months away no i got you yeah no i totally totally agree yeah yeah and that's kind of where it's at here uh, in colorado is if it's if, if there's three cases in the area or whatever then you know a lot a lot more Businesses are going to start shutting down. I mean, small businesses businesses have already started shutting down for the most part, you know. But um, but there's larger businesses that are that have still remained open. But it's getting to the point where I think they're not even wanting to stay open just because of concern and right. things like that. But um, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, just from our standpoint on the Ready Wise side, I mean, we definitely have seen an influx and. In, the demand is, is so huge. It's been hard for us to keep up with, with the, or the amount of orders that we have been getting um, at this point. But, you know, it, it, again, it is going to get worse before it gets better. And, you know, the week before was bad last week was worse. And I think that, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to be even worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see.
3: Well, I, <laughs> On that note, I mean, you said you're running 24 hours. We should get lit, let you get back to work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know we're yeah, just sitting know, here right? hanging out. Um,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it's it's all good, guys. Thank you. I,
3: I really appreciate it. And where can everybody follow along with uh, everything you're doing, and how can they find you know if they're interested in in, in Ready Wise meals or uh you know at, at this point not the necessarily adventure because everything's an adventure, but the emergency preparedness (laughs) side of things too.
4: Yeah. So, um, so a few different options. So it's readywise.com is our website that you can find, um, all of our products, uh, you know, emergency survival and, um, camping and, and snacks. Um, and then as far as for me, you can follow me on Facebook at Matthew Tzak at facebook.com and then Matthew Tzak on Instagram. Um, and that's pretty much it. I don't really do Twitter or any of those kind of, I don't have enough time to do all the other ones, <laughs> but, um, those are the two that I'm posting recipes and, you know, adventures from my scouting trips and hunting trips and, you know, just general, uh, tips and tricks and and things like that that i post so um yeah i appreciate everyone following me
3: awesome man I really appreciate it and i think that's you back guys thank you thing. i
4: appreciate your time yeah no it's awesome, awesome man. thank you and and uh hit me up if you have any other questions Definitely. Certainly be in touch. awesome guys <laughs> all right sounds good thank you and have a good night mm-hmm.